Paging Dr. Seiler. Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Well, good morning, everybody. As Bill Keevan said, welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor in the house. We have Justin Kenny. Justin, how you doing today? So far, so good. Good. You know, yeah. we're having a pretty good day thus far, and we'll talk more about that. We also have in the house our megalennial Nikki Ward. Great morning. And the fiscal therapist, <laughs> Mr. Jared Bocart. I, you know, that's a, that's, that's a lot to say. I still want to call him. Fiscal still, therapist, Jared Bocart. I still want to call him T-Bone. God, no. Yes. Yes. T-bone. I liked the stock jock. I no, we already no. used that. Yeah, no, 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 that's no, 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 that's no. an old, old, old one. We but can't, it can't would work. Back. It would work out. Anyway, welcome no, to the not. welcome to our podcast. And uh, you know, we we do this every week. And I will give you. I like to give you the time of day we're doing it. We are doing it on Tuesday, the eighteenth of August, at about uh, ten fifty a.m. So the markets are open, and uh, you know, there was some big news this morning before the markets. But I want to talk about what went on over the last quarter with Warren Buffett. Now, Warren Buffett, in history, people know that Warren Buffett is by no means a gold bug. He rarely has owned any kind of precious metals at all. He owned silver back in the 80s, but he really hasn't owned any any precious metals. And over the last quarter, he did go out and take a significant position. And, and that, you know what? Not, no. Significant dollar-wise, really small for no, his portfolio. Wildly insignificant to him. Five hundred and sixty million dollars right. in uh, in Barrick Gold, so the ticker symbol G O L D, and I think he's doing it really just a little bit of an inflation hedge. Maybe they he pay sees a inflation too. Diversification. Yeah, I mean, but he hasn't really diversified before in it. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but you know, he's adding to his list of asset classes that he that he holds. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't think he's trying to be an oracle here. I no. don't think that he's predicting the future. No, but everybody just, who loves gold has been all over it. I think, I think the big money in gold's already been made, and I, I say that when I we made very little money in gold because I, I didn't own it very long. That's my fault. I should have We should have, for clients, held it longer, but I, I'm not a gold bug. I never have been. It's been a non-performing asset for 10 years. Long time. Up until because this year. Yeah, the bull I mean, it is, and it's really not, it hasn't been a great inflation hedge over the years, but again, it's an asset class that, you know what? Just uh, you can hold it in your portfolio, 5% or so in the portfolio, and see what happens. Look, it's worked out really well this year. But right now, the market's at, uh, call it, we'll call it 10.55 a.m. on Tuesday, the uh, August 18th. The Dow Jones down 96 at 27.748. The S&P 500 up 32 at 11. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, NASDAQ up 32 at 11,162. The S&P 500 did hit intraday highs, intraday all-time highs, but currently down two points at 33 79 the stocks of interest apple is up today a uh, dollar 50 at 459 dollars 
very close to a $2 trillion market cap. So the number, the magic number is $467 and change. And it becomes the first $2 trillion, trillion <laughs> dollar market cap. But look, there are a lot of uh, interesting opportunities out there. I, I think because we did hit all-time highs today in the S&P 500 intraday, you know, I keep thinking that the market is overvalued. And by all metrics, it is overvalued. It is overvalued. You keep thinking it because it's true. It is. But but markets and stocks can stay overvalued for a period of time. But eventually, you have to pay the piper. If it, if the S&P closes today at a new high, it will have taken less than five months to get back from the March 23rd low, which would make it the third fastest rally to recoup all that it lost behind the 1982 and 1990 rallies, which in 82, it took three months, and in 1990, it took four. Yeah, it's been an impressive rally, no yeah, doubt about 54%. it. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed the fact that some of the youngsters have been able to experience what, you know, March brought for us. You know, they get to live through that and, and use that as, as uh, you know, a, a basis going forward. Well, and uh, yes, and it's great because uh, what we've seen here is there are a lot of people, and I hear stories, believe me, I'm hearing people that, well, I need to find something to invest in, I sold out in March or April, and people got so scared that and when you sell out, when things like this happen, you typically are making the wrong move. You gotta be in it to win it. <laughs> you get out, that's it. And you typically that's sell realized. at the wrong time, too. Well, well normally, you normally. sell at the wrong time, and and again, I, I feel bad that people did this, but you know, we were saying that if you can't take that kind of volatility, you shouldn't have been 100% in the stock market. But people get complacent, and they really don't keep up with their portfolios. They're holding things for the long term or whatever the case may be. And I, I, we're long-term investors. I think that's the right play. But you have to be able to say, unless you say, I need this money for income over the next year, then you really – it's just a situation where you don't need to be selling out of these things in these exogenous type shock moments. And that's really what the problem had been. But you know, what's helping the market today, even though it's, let's talk about Walmart because Walmart was helping this morning. Wally world. Yeah. A uh, Walmart is the numbers that Walmart came out with are absolutely unbelievable. And I want to tell you, I'm a fan of the Walmart stock. <laughs> I am not a fan of the store Walmart. I, no. I normally, you wouldn't, you would never catch me in a Walmart for the most part. Justin, outside of just a few items, what I, I can go, acknowledge, there are a few items you got to go to Walmart for from time to time. Here's what I go Speak to Walmart for, for. I go, to, uh, yeah, I hate it. You gotta go. I'm not going. What I go to Walmart for? It's a great place to buy trailer tires. Trailer tires, man, you can't beat the prices. I've got three trailers, yep. so uh, you know I do buy trailer tires. I also have bought batteries there for cars. Car batteries, that's number two. Good place for sure. And uh, I think I bought one time a battery jump. Uh, jump pack a jump box yeah yeah jump box for that sure. was a good place for it too you know, trailer accessories stuff like that like that's that's where you go to get it because where else are you going to get it or you know you need it when you need it Costco. You're, you're not going to order it online trailer accessories nah not really batteries though like car batteries mm -hmm. sure. that's where i got mine sure yeah i mean it's a great place for it but so you one do thing go. you gotta costco yes oh, i costco. do you get a costco i'm a member but listen to this though. a walmart came out with earnings that first of all what's the most impressive number that i saw their e-commerce performance E-commerce sales up 97%. That is un... Now, they have been working on this for many this years. Has been, this yeah, has been, been, you know, forefront with, with the big guys at Walmart. They're working towards this, and they have been for a while. They don't want to be, you know, what I consider Best Buy to be, and that is the 
showroom for Amazon. And this Absolutely. is yeah. and this right. was the perfect storm. Yes. I mean Absolutely. they've been working on this e-commerce project for many years, wanted to compete with Amazon, and the perfect storm occurred. The curbside service. The, I know you said you have the Walmart app, and you get things shipped to your house. I, I do. I, I have used the Walmart app before. There was um, tires. I, I needed tires, and the cheapest way to get them was to get the Walmart app, order them. They were wrong when they arrived, <laughs> which leads to a funny story. But they they were the wrong size when they arrived. I had to take them back to the store, so I had to actually. Now, if you think Walmart is a mess under normal circumstances. Take a take a crack at a post COVID Walmart and then go to return an item. That was a mess. It's like the day after Christmas, but or the day after the end of the world. I, I don't yeah, know. It was a, it was bad. But, but Justin, if you if you get something from Amazon, and it's wrong. I think it's more of a pain. Yes, you literally you bring it to Coles. No, you don't know. You say oh, you return it. Yeah. I didn't even know that. You say speaking, it. speaking of Coles, are the I'll worst S and P performer right now. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you. That's the only reason I've people ordered, are going into a Coles. I have I've received damaged or wrong items from Amazon, and it was such a hassle on their side that they just let me keep the damaged or wrong item and sent me a whole new item. They do oh. advocate for the, the buyer, not yes. for the seller on their marketplace. But also, too, there's an Amazon distribution center up at UCF where you can return things to. Okay, that's a hike. Yeah, I'm not from where I live that's, there. That's, yeah. a, that's a bit of a pain. Oh. Luckily, luckily... The, God forbid you wanted to break those tires. No, those, in, you know. those, Walmart, World those Walmart guys are wise about where they put their stores. It was actually relatively easy for me to throw these tires in the back of my car, run them up there, wait in line, return them, get the correct tires that they actually had in stock, but... Mm, not the best experience. Well, you know, did you buy a wire brush? Did I buy a wire you know brush? You to, to wash yourself off afterwards? Pretty much. Yeah. I, Look, I, I, I bathed <laughs> in gasoline. I want to be clear. I, I'll buy stuff from Walmart. I, well, I we, add we word gotta, online. We got to keep Everybody the Walmart family in the, in the living. Get a dollar out of I don't like going oh. in the store. The store disgusts me. Uh, and not that it's dirty. I, it's just disgusts me. And I don't want to be uh, holier than thou or anything, but it just, it's just. I don't like you it. You think you're too good for Walmart? I do do not yes. think I'm yeah. too good for Walmart. I just don't like the store. See, so you could have you could have used that as an opportunity to say no. I know I'm too good for Walmart. <laughs> and also know that I'm better than the Walmart. Deed, I, Deed, I know good. who I am. I am not too good. And for stimulus that. checks really helped Walmart. Oh yeah. And and you know what's interesting? And uh, they had their biggest earning surprise in 31 years. Now the problem is, listen, this is interesting. They said they see headwinds coming up. Because they're trying to keep up with, they can't keep up with the demand for groceries. Yeah. Fishing poles. Okay. And bicycles. So do you think a lot of people are fishing because of the downtime or I, they're fishing uh, to eat? I think they're riding their bike to go fish. I don't know. but Could be. No. I think people want to spend some time outdoors. I think they're doing outdoors. activity to do with family. Yeah. Well, they said managing their supply chain is certainly going to be a challenge going forward. But their earnings per share was up big. It was uh, $1.56 a share. The estimate from analysts on Wall Street, $1.25. On revenues for the quarter, $137.74 billion with a B versus $135.48. The sales were up norm on the regular revenues up 5.6%. Same store sales up 9.3%. That's a huge number, by the way. Expected only 5.4%. But here's what I really think where the home run is. Their average ticket size up 27%. But the transactions were down 14%. Hmm. So it just tells me people were making less trips. No, I think that's the thing. I, I make a, an absolute Bye. effort to get everything I need and not expose myself 
you know, to... Well, please, don't expose yourself. Well, at least not at Walmart. <laughs> not in here, anyway. No. I don't care what you do. Not expose myself Public to indecency. all of the, you know, Germ- elements. Cooties? Yeah, the cooties that are floating around inside of a Walmart store, or a grocery store, for that matter. I don't want to go three times a week. I want to go once and get as much as I possibly can. No, I agree. And you know what's interesting, though? The numbers on the Sam's Club memberships, I find that very interesting, and I can't understand why the jump of 60% I understand the jump. Bulk buying. Yeah, about but bulk. 60, it's all about bulk. 60% jump in Q2, and their sales were up 39% at Sam's Clubs. I got to say, I heard that Sam's Club had toilet paper. I think other people might have heard it and joined, because that's what we were dealing with at that what point. What is it, like 45 a Where year? Where are we going to find toilet paper? Yeah. Sam's Club's got it. I'm going to join. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. It was Q2. Now, there was another retailer that came out with earnings, too, which I know uh, we all probably frequent, except for Nikki. I went there last weekend. You went to Home Depot? To get stuff to paint my office, yes. Really? Okay. Well, Home Depot came out, and they had their best quarterly performance also in three decades. And uh, same-store sales up 25%. They knocked the socks off of earnings and sales. And Home Depot, and Lowe's reports tomorrow, Home Depot absolutely just kicking some serious you-know-what. I'm, I'm betting Lowe's yeah. is going gonna, is gonna, to you know, be on the right Similar side of this thing as well. I, I, if you're I, stuck inside, you might as well make sure it looks nice. But on the news, though, Home Depot is down 261 at 285 and change. And uh, that is surprising because they were up pre market. Walmart was Same up deal. seven. Yeah. Walmart was at seven bucks pre market, now trading down $1.71 at 13389 So And Amazon shares actually benefited from Walmart. Yes, they did. And Amazon's <laughs> up huge. But again, Walmart, maybe you buy at the funeral, sell at the wedding. You know, they just got married today. But Amazon, by the way, on that, again, we had good news from Walmart and Home Depot. Amazon up ninety one dollars at thirty two seventy three, <laughs> and I have a feeling, and that's uh, up almost three percent. I have a feeling. Just listen to me, and we'll see what happens. I have a feeling that Amazon is going to announce a stock split, and that's probably yes. what people are thinking about. We are seeing that now from a couple of companies: Tesla, Apple, announced stock splits. It typically happens in groups and trends. And the, um, by the way, the. When you start seeing a lot of stocks splitting is an absolute sign of a top. It's an indicator. It is a sign of a top. And that is uh, a little bit disconcerting going forward. Um, I think also, you know, we have noticed a couple of IPOs pop up. We would have never expected that during a a pandemic anybody would want to do an initial public offering. No. That AFIN. Yep. American Finance, yeah. Surprised me to hear it, but it happened. Well, you know, the the market seems to be a little... Look, we know the market's better because we're near all-time highs. Exactly. And we are up for the year. In just a few moments, by the way, we have our Megalennial. Nikki's going to give us our Millennial moment. But uh, before we do that, just want to... Not everybody thinks the market necessarily is overvalued because Goldman Sachs came out, which I... Look, the reason I think the market's overvalued, and I'm not saying sell everything. I'm not saying... Again... Talk to your advisor. If you don't have one, come talk to us because you want to make sure that anything you buy is suitable for you and you don't want to get caught with your pants down. Like Justin, doesn't want to be exposed. Exposed, okay? exactly. Doesn't want to be exposed. Especially, stay away from elementary schools. Hey, Justin. listen, whatever blows your hair back, except for the elementary school thing, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, schools are definitely back in, though. They're back. They're back, baby. Amazing. You know, we uh, dropped, For how long? Our new, yeah, cases, our new long? cases dropped to 2,600 today. So let's go ahead and, and open the schools and get these kids exposed. Uh, only 30% of students really are going back into school. I, yeah, I saw 47% that in might be Seminole County. Yeah, Orange County was my, only about my Really? The, my trek into the office this morning took significantly longer because of school traffic. So there are kids going back. 
for sure. There are. Well, Goldman Sachs, though, they think the market, yes, or they have some concerns, but they raised their target to 3,600 on the S&P 500, which is about a 7% increase from where it is now. Their target previously was 3,000, but now it is time. Okay, the arms are in the air. They're swaying back and forth. Our mega-lennial, the lovely and talented Miss Nikki Ward. Thank you. You're welcome, Nikki. So the topic of mail-in voting is all the rage these oh, days. Oh, jeez. The election is 77 days away. So I was intrigued to learn that the United States Postal Service has filed a patent that describes a quote-unquote secure voting system based on blockchain technology to improve the security and transparency of election results. Okay, so let's uh, make sure because we I want you, I told you, you to, to talk to us like we're morons. Okay, because we are we don't understand. I I mean, I I have an idea about blockchain. It's a digital ledger Mm -hmm. and this is used for many things, not only cryptocurrencies, but for banking and everything else. Right. It's intended to create a more trustworthy record of past events. Okay. so what happens is that multiple computers verify each new event or block and that's added to the chain on all of those. Hence the name. Yes. Hence the name. Okay then store their own copies of the ledger to ensure that the chain can't be edited retroactively to hide or alter any of the past events. So in this case, ideally it'd be so that a hacker can't change the entire voting record by accessing just one computer. Okay. And this is, how do we know that blockchain is is that secure, the security is there for that? We don't. And there are definitely potential vulnerabilities, but you know, Voters want a convenient means to access the polls, whether that is because you are in the military, because you are immunocompromised in the middle of a pandemic, whatever the case may be. The USPS has proposed a number of different frameworks and concepts for working this out and for trying to figure out all the different kinks to it. But it could be something like proposing mailing out token linked QR codes and then distributing scannable paper passcodes to the voting system. Oh, Jesus, that's way too technical for me. What? It is not too <laughs> technical. You can. It may not be too technical for you. Please do not tell me, Lee, that you cannot handle taking your iPhone, putting it over to camera, scanning a QR code, and landing on a web page. I know you can do that. Even if I have to walk, even if I have to handhold you, I think and that do if it. this was a Republican idea, it would be called voter suppression. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're already actively working on that. So is this going uh, to voter suppression? Yeah. They've been doing the QR code with phones in restaurants since the pandemic the started. Menus. I yeah, know menus. that. I did one the other day and I was, oh my re- God, I was really you did one? I was pissed because I couldn't get it working and the okay. waiter goes, All right, we'll get you a paper menu and then finally it popped up. That's how that's that's like a hey boomer menu, menu yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, so what's the the brass tax with this thing? Is it so they're saying that this will they're saying that a this better way I, will I don't know. improve transparency. It will so, and then something that is being talked about right now is the time. So when you mail in your mail-in ballot, is it based off of the time that you mailed it? Is it based off of the time that the office receives it? Is it based off of the timestamp? These votes can be digitally timestamped and referred to based off of that. It's a way to ensure also too that your ballot makes it to its final destination, that you can ensure your vote matches what you are in te- the candidate so, you are intending to vote for. So we're going to leave it up to the USPS to make sure something actually is 
going no, to make it to where it's being sent. No, we're going to have a transparent system in which we can babysit the United States Postal Service and make sure it arrives at the destination safely. It eliminates any of that confusion. Okay. You said that you said Final Destination. All I could think about is a movie, like a spear going through my head or something. For I've this. never seen this fantastic movie. movie. All five. The whole, yeah, I love it. It was very. Like, if it's on, them. I'm I watching it. Them, yeah. It's always great the way some, they people die on that. Yeah, it's it's really very creative. Very creative ways. Anyway, that is our Megalennial talking about blockchain. <laughs> for more information, call uh, Tim Cook over at Apple. I have no idea. Maybe he knows about it. I, hey, thanks, Nikki. Appreciate it. Okay. A little more. The Arms Federal swing. Reserve is also trying to implement. It's the way of the future. It, it really I know is. it is. I know it is. I just don't like change. Technology ledgers. So. Hey, if you want to talk about cryptocurrency, Nikki Ward is your girl. Yes. yes. Do not call Justin <laughs> to talk about <laughs> cryptocurrency. Orly. If you do, wear a helmet. I did see something. I know you guys watched the Barstool Sports Guy, Point Noy. Mm-hmm. Yep, Dave. He had the Winklevoss twins. On yeah. an interview, I saw them talking oh, about cryptocurrency and how it works and so forth, the mining and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. actually interesting. I'll have to check it out. Sounds yeah. like Yeah, there was a video on that. A good interview. All right. Give it up for Nikki. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Thanks, yeah, Nick. That's seriously. enough. Okay, put your arms down. Put your arms down. Okay. And by the way, uh, we are talking about school starting. And, and speaking of school, we have uh, an expert in someone who works with the teachers, with their 403Bs and FRS systems. And, and I, you know, unfortunately, and I'm just totally surprised, Jared, that the school system doesn't provide these teachers, A, with education with this. They're expected to do it themselves. And B, not better options. I mean, they're just really Most of the confusing. suck. And to be honest, so we're fiduciaries. I'm a fiduciary. So if you're coming to me, I have to do what's in your best in your best interests. Uh, most of the other uh, people, agents in the schools that's, that sell 403Bs are not. They either only have a life and health insurance. They're insurance less. Or, or, yes. or a Series 6 at the most. Um, I mean, it, it is a pretty bad system. So, so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to change some of it. Well, so that's... When you say schlep, are they going to show up at your house in a leisure suit and sit at your dining room table? No, but they'll sit. They'll sit right inside the the school lounges and try and get you to, to give you some cookies or give you a meal. Short sleeve shirt with a tie. With a tie. Short sleeve shirt with a tie. Bible salesman attire. So no, but really the the bottom line is, and it's you touched on something about being a fiduciary, and all of us here sitting at this table are fiduciaries. There is a big difference between a salesperson and a fiduciary, especially in the eyes of the SEC. Exactly. So. Our licenses are fiduciaries. I mean, we are, it's like do no harm, like doctors. obligated. To do what's in the client's best interest. Many of the groups out there that they allow to work with teachers, I don't know why, are basically salespeople. They're life life insurance sales, and most of them. Yeah, and that's that's Uh, too bad. It's too bad, and the products aren't very good at all. I think the one on one of the, uh, I won't name companies, but one of the companies, the returns are averaging, for all the accounts that I've seen, are averaging less than 1% a year. That's terrible. Like, that's insane. And your money's locked up for like 10 years at a time. Your money's just locked like, up and inflation is going to outperform you by 2%. Oh, I look at some of these and it's just like, you've gone up 7% in seven years. Ago. Uh, again, yeah, some know. of the I, best seven be. years in in market history. Like, what? Well, <laughs> that's why you are here and uh, anybody out there that has uh, 403Bs with the school systems. And we are now, we, we can work in Orange County. 
Osceola, Osceola is coming on board. St. John's um, up in Jacksonville, if you're up there. And, and, and uh, we, we'll will be, we'll be in Seminole, Seminole County. I think somewhere around October. Yeah, so we'll be able to help everybody. And you get a fiduciary's point of view and fiduciary's advice. So uh, give the office and, and a call. And actually, you can specifically ask for Jared Bocart because he is our specialist, uh, the fiscal therapist. He'll answer that, too. Uh, you know, I got an article a couple of days ago, and I am a fan. I know some people yeah, don't boy. like him. I'm a fan of Kramer. He's been on my radio show years ago, and uh, my wife says he spits too much when he speaks, but that's okay. He's got to get those words out fast enough. But he's he's a sharp guy. I do like. I mean, look, he's not always right. No one is always right in this business. But he had some tips, and uh, what did he call them? Seven mistakes, I think. Let me just take a look back here. All right, seven deadly investing sins. Now, one of them is not really it. Just it's for his don't own Don't troll use. him on Twitter, please. Yeah, don't don't heckle him on Twitter. That's, so it's really six. But I think the six are pretty interesting, and we can open discuss these because, uh, Justin, aside from myself, you have the most experience at this table, and you've seen these over and over and over again. Yep. And I know um, the, uh, of the, the rest of the group here is starting to hear these questions as well. Like one of them, he says, cheerleading is for football, not for stocks. And I hear this a lot that people – and his point was if you have a huge gain on a speculation – don't cheerlead about it. Take some off of the table. We all make those mistakes. And as an investor and as an investment advisor, I have as recently made those mistakes because you do this and you think, okay, it can go higher. But I don't think it's so much cheerleading. I think it's more greed. Yeah, I also sort of hear that. And I think of the people who are, are trying to be speculative and are willing whatever it is that they bought or invested in to, to go higher. And they're convincing other people and convincing themselves and all they're yeah. really doing is hurting themselves and hurting other people. So, you know, one thing is when you have a great profit in a more speculative stock, again, his point is take some off the table. And, and you know, again, we've all made those mistakes. But the next one is he says not knowing how a company makes money. And that was huge Ugh. back in the day. And back in the late 90s, nobody knew. They could say whatever. It's uh you know, amalgamated horse dot com company dot com. And it would be a thousand dollar stock that started off as pennies. So if you can't understand how they make money and, and one thing before you buy something, he's saying, try and write down what the company does and give three reasons why you'd like you'd like the stock. I think, too, especially when emotion hits and maybe you see some fluctuation or volatility in the price, you can go back and refer to those three things of why this company is worth putting your dollars in. Absolutely. And that's a great point. Uh, the next one is searching for the next Tesla. So what he means by that is there are now several EV companies, electronic vehicle companies come out, Nikola, and I just saw one this morning. Um, what was it called? God, it was called, oh, Canoe. <laughs> Canoe yes. electric vehicles? Yes, canoe. But anyway, you say stop trying to find the, the next Tesla. If you want to invest in that group, buy Tesla, you know. And he happens to be a fan of that, and I, I totally agree. And there are some other things out there. And, I, for example, I, I found it's not the next Apple, but there's a company called uh, Jamf, J-A-M-F, and just, I like it. Just another management framework. Yes. Jamf. It stands for. Again, another new IPO in what? July, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's interesting because, but there, if you like Apple, this may be a nice little 
attachment to that Apple position, which is I do not think. saying too. is somebody looking for the next Tesla, something that raises what 400% in five right. months. By the way, Tesla having another good day and you know, they are going to split at the end of the month. So is Apple. That's why I said, I bet we're starting to see some, some the domino action here effect. with Amazon, those big companies like that. I think Google will probably execute a split as well. So that's what I think is going to happen. Anyway, the next uh, tip was buying low dollar stocks. I hear this all of the time. They are at low dollars for a reason. And, you know, Kramer's point is he knows you want to speculate. People like to speculate. And I, I always say just use speculative dollars. He takes it another step further and says, informed speculation's okay. Blind speculation. Get out of here. Blind speculation. I, I just don't, I don't like speculating and people all the time. And Justin, you had a client recently oh. say, hey, I'm looking at the stock. It trades at $1.50 a share. And you said go to E-Trade. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want that business. And I don't want that business because... It is all pure speculation. Why is the company only trading at $1.50 a share? Usually it's because management sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> there for a reason. Why. You know, people say, well, it's trading at a dollar. It's there for a reason, not usually a good one. No. And speaking of that, we're talking low price stocks, is penny stocks. That's part of it. Now, a penny stock is considered anything under $5 a share. And right. most institutions can't even buy stocks under $5 a share. And, and a lot of them under $10 a share. So... Again, download Robinhood. <laughs> yeah, and there are they are there for a reason, and that's uh, go watch Wolf of Wall Street and get your fix that way. <laughs> yes, see what happens. Way, I'll tell you though, stock. love that movie. It, it's a fun movie. It's, it's a fun just movie. good around. Not not family fun, but uh, fun. No, <laughs> not family fun. <laughs> right, but it was good. Uh, you know, reminiscent of the eighties. Well, I will 90s. tell you the chatter. You know, calling into the office, talking about some of this stuff lately is just gut wrenching because I want to explain to people. Listen, only use what you can afford to lose, please. Exactly. And, you know, to bring me to the next point, I talked about greed. And, and I think when I make, and again, everybody makes mistakes. When I make mistakes on the sell side, oftentimes it's greed because I, I have it in my head that I'm looking for a specific well, gain or a price or something. And it's, it's. But if we're talking specifically about the stock doctor's mistakes, well, there's only been one in 12. Oh, no, I need uh, more than years. two pages worth of this. I need a lot more. <laughs> it, no, there's a lot of mistakes being made. But, you know, greed greed is, is fear and greed, really. And the mistakes people made in March was fear. Mm-hmm. And now I think there's going to be greed causing that. A lot of it comes mistakes. back to emotion. You, you have emotion to acknowledge, though, <laughs> the mm-hmm. switch from fear to greed happened like 17, Overnight. 18 Overnight, minutes yeah. in March. Yeah. But don't be afraid to take some money off the table. Maybe if you have a, a stock that fortunately... We saw some of these double from March to now, of yep. course. Maybe take half off the table and work with the house's money. So that's really, uh, in my opinion, is a good strategy. You know, I follow it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. But, you know, one thing is we would not, Justin, we would not have, and this is absolutely fact, you know, I have people that have 700% plus gains in Apple still absolutely. in our book, in our absolutely. book of clients, 700%. You would not have that if you sold part of it at 100% gain. No, and I get that. And every single sell in Apple ever has been a bad decision, technically. Sure. But at some point, it goes up so much that we have to keep people balanced. Yep. Listen, we really appreciate appreciate everybody joining us here on the Stock Doctor's Prescription podcast. And uh, we do these weekly. So we hope that you enjoy them. Share, spread the word. I'd like to thank Justin Kenny. Nikki Ward and Jared Bocart for being our weekly uh, team here at uh, the Stock Doctor Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. Everybody have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>